Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Bears fans, to a Thursday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What is going on, everybody? It's Thursday, also known as the CHGO Audible Day, our weekly in-depth game preview, all aimed to make you the most informed Bears fan on game day. I'm Russell DeWitt, and right here is Nicholas Moriano. Nick, what's up, man? What's going on, Will? How are you doing this week? I'm doing good. I have internet. I feel like a human being that can live in the 21st century. But honestly, you know, I'm plugging for a few days and just hanging out with the fam, doing board games, reading books. It wasn't terrible, but it's definitely nice to just have internet connection, cable TV yet again. So, yeah, I'm doing good. What board games are you guys playing? Oh, let's see. Sorry, Trouble, which to me are like very similar games now as an adult, I've kind of noticed. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's this one that's called Yeti and the Spaghetti, which is like a spaghetti bowl with like these fake noodles and you set a Yeti on top and it's pretty much like Jenga. You don't want the Yeti to fall into the bowl when you pull the, the noodle. Yeah, okay. Never heard of that one, but that one's new. But you, you just don't have internet too, Will. You have like super internet. Like seeing the numbers that you posted, I'm like, holy crap. So they definitely did their job there and uh, I'm glad that you are back in the 21st century and, you know, have this very... uh resourceful just tool that everybody uses and it's just consistent usually like it was a wave when i would do the internet test and i was like a straight line which is uh, awesome we also played what do you mean the spongebob edition which was a lot of fun i can really get into that one for you would too oh for sure for sure all right so i'm excited for today's episode of course it's um one of my favorite days of the week we're we're going to discuss the keys to success on both sides of the ball determine who has the edge share our weekly x factors or bold predictions brought to you by green ridge farm and a whole lot more and of course if you're here in the live chat we want you to ask questions throughout the show joey is on the back end our awesome producer and he's going to star him up and we're going to just like we have every single week dedicate a lot of time at the end of the episode to answer your bears questions just out of the entire episode, I think it's the, really the best way that we can end this thing off by getting some insight on what's on your mind, too. A couple of reminders, you know, smash, shatter, bust, break the pieces, that like button. You can follow me on Twitter at Will DeWitt. My L's are one. And, of course, you can follow Nick at Nicholas Moriano. Nick, Bears, Vikings, what's like your one-line analysis of the opponent that we have in store here this week? Well, good. Um, dual threat. Dual threat is uh, how I'm going to describe the Minnesota Vikings. Dual what about you? threat. Hmm. That's a great one. I, I don't know exactly if if I can summarize them into one single line. They're beatable. Uh, I just don't mm-hmm. know if the Bears will do enough at the end of the day to come out on top. But this is another winnable game for the Bears. And we'll break down exactly why. Well, right now, let's go ahead and do it. Oh, there you go. Rubbing the hands, getting ready. Let's start with our offensive keys. Nick, over to you. What's your first key to success on offense this week? It was, who, uh, ugly is a kind word I'll use from last Sunday. How do we get better? 
Yeah, I think just basics, Will. Go to the basics. Know your assignment on the offense. And I'm really looking to a guy like Darnell Mooney. They were He explained in his press conference a couple days ago that there was the one play where we all thought that Justin Fields should have thrown the ball to Cole Komet in the flat. Well, Darnell Mooney's supposed to do something else on that play. He chipped. He had he had a mix-up with Equinemius St. Brown on that play. So that was one screw-up. And then the play that got a lot of publicity, the four verticals where Darnell Mooney's supposed to bend over the middle of the field. Instead, he ran the route the same way that Matt Nagy's offense actually ran that play. So he ran that route instead. And maybe if he runs the route the correct way, maybe instead of Justin Fields getting 12 on the ground, he's actually airing it out to Darnell Mooney there. So know your assignment. This is a team where if they're making mistakes on their own, it's already difficult for them to capitalize over the little things. But if you're making self-inflicted things like that, there's just the margin for error for the Bears on offense is very, very small, Will. So just know your assignment. And it's not just Darnell Mooney. It's obviously everybody a part of the the offense there but it starts with a, a, a leader on that team they're supposed number one know your assignments so that you can potentially execute the plays do you think now that we're officially a month into the season we're at the point of like where the excuses are starting to feel a little mute uh, in terms of like not knowing what you're supposed to be doing this offense has been installed since what april give or take so it's now october i feel like Obviously, you're going to have mistakes along the way, but they should at least know their assignment, know what they're doing, and trying to at least put you know everyone in a position to succeed and help Justin out. I feel like a month into it, we're at a point where it's like those hiccups should be minimal. I know they're still going to be learning curves, but they need to be cleaned up even more. Definitely do, Will, and I understand it. Yes, they're going to mess. They're, you're going to have hiccups, like you said, along the way. It's the first time they're they're in this offense, first year in it, and four games into it. But it's like they need to correct, especially with like one of the mistakes happened in the red zone. If you're going to make those mistakes, make it not in that area. Because one, the Bears don't get there very often. And when they do, they need to capitalize on points. Because like I said, margin for error, very small on this Bears offense. We'll get to that in my third key. Uh, so stick around for that. My first key this week, Nick, is just that offensive line needing to gel. And when I was preparing for this episode and thinking about last week, it's, I kept coming back to like, we need to be careful what we wish for because it's been, we want Tevin at right guard. Why can't he start at right guard? Let's have him be a full-time right guard. And now he's going to be one, but that's because of Cody Whitehair going on IR and now Lucas Patrick going over to the left side. And I think the early results in game last week uh, were rocky to say the least. But again, when you flip-flop sides the offensive line, that's not easy. It's not interchangeable. Everything gets completely reversed. Your stance, your assignment, literally everything. So changing that in game is difficult. But now Patrick has had a week of practice. So I'm hoping that this lineup can gel a, a little bit. We last week, Nick. We saw what can happen when this Bears offensive line just gets bullied around the run game. It went away. It wasn't nearly as effective as we saw the first few weeks of the season. And the Bears have some, you know, unfavorable matchups yet again this week. Zadarius Smith, you know, Hunter, 21 pressures, three sacks, 16 hurries. So those tackles are going to be tested. Then you have Dalvin Tomlinson on the inside, a player that has really surprised me this season. 10 pressures, two sacks. And he's just going to go after the guards, both Jenkins and Patrick. And he's been winning his matchups, good against the run, and also very good at getting after quarterbacks. When I watch him play in that Vikings new 3-4 defense, if you're wondering, like, what should you expect out of this guy? Like, he plays like that Akeem Hicks below Nichols role. Uh, you know, I'm not the same degree as a Hicks, but somewhere in between him and Nichols is what I'm seeing out of Tomlinson so far. So he's going to really test those guards. How are you feeling about that front seven matchup? Man, like the guy that I'm most worried about, and obviously they have some guys on the edge that can get some pressure on the quarterback, but it is Dalvin Tomlinson. We saw what happened last last week against the Giants, right? And in the interior of that Bears offensive line, when you look at Sam Mustafer and you look at Lucas Patrick, how they play, Tevin Jenkins, you know, it has been the best offensive lineman thus far, but it's the interior, Will. And Dalvin Tomlinson had his best game as a pass rusher from the interior last week against the Saints in, in London. So he's, you know, maybe getting ahead of steam here and wants to put back-to-back good games. So that's the guy that can really wreck a game plan. Anytime you get interior pressure from 
any defensive lineman, that can really cause some problems. So that's a guy I'm really watching for. Now, you mentioned it. Tevin Jenkins has been the Bears' best guy up front, and he's been playing uh, until the injury, you know, not even half of the snaps over the last few weeks. Now being the guy, do you expect that to, you know, remain the same? Uh, so I, I think for Tevin Jake, now we're going to be done with the rotation and we'll see him still play at a consistent level because he did say initially when he was getting that rotation, it was kind of nice getting a breather every once in a while, but now we're four games in, right? So I think you're kind of conditioned more to what to expect throughout a game, but that will be something you have to monitor because he, he hasn't done it, right? It's been Patrick, it's been Jenkins, and now it's going to be just Jenkins. I think that's best though for the offensive line moving forward, because like we said, he's been the most consistent guy and yet he's new to his position. Yeah, for sure. How about uh, key number two? Wait on me. Oh boy, here we go. And my <laughs> notes have disappeared, but I still have them. And it's, it we're talking about it right now. It's just the interior of the offensive line, interior blocking guys. There were plays where Justin Fields had no shot. Like after rewatching it, I was like, I came away with the thought process of what could he have done? I know he said after the games, like I could slide the protection. Yes, you could do that. But when your center is getting beat in milliseconds off the line of scrimmage and there's guys coming right up in your face, like, yes, you can use your legs to get outside the pocket, but man, it is tough to execute any type of game plan, any play when that happens. So like we just were talking about with Dalvin Tomlinson, don't, let him have another good game because it doesn't matter if Justin Fields is, you know, on, on his game to start, start this one against the Vikings. Like that can disrupt you. That can cause some problems. And the bears are thin on the offensive line, especially in the interior with, with Cody Whitehair going down. So they got to sure that up. Hopefully whatever protections that Justin Fields can do himself, he feels comfortable doing so. But again, we just talked about it. It's a new offense. So, I don't expect those those changes to come one week after they just surfaced against the Giants. So it's a tough ask, but man, they got to clear it up in this game against the Vikings. A hundred percent. If they can keep it a little bit more clean, that would really help me in my second key, which is just have an efficient aerial attack. And the key word here is efficient, not dominant, not explosive, just good old efficient. The Vikings' pass defense, Nick, it's been worse than their run defense to date. Uh, in some categories, they've allowed 250 yards or more in three of the four games this season. Hell, last week, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton threw for 273 yards against this defense. And look, you know, the Bears, they're middle in the road uh, in terms of yards per completion, 10.9. And that's very similar to where the Vikings give up, too. But the Vikings' defense is the seventh-worst defense in terms of yards allowed through the year per game. 264 yards per game surrendered. The Bears right now, when you look at who they played, they've only played one defense that is outside the top 10 league in pass defense. And, of course, they're helping those teams rank really well. Uh, we have to give that uh, some credit, too. Uh, but this Vikings defense, again, uh, seventh-worst uh, in terms of like facing like average pass attempts per game. And they allow quarterbacks to complete nearly 70% of their passes. That's like the third worst in the league. Like this is a defense you can pass on. So, you know, if the Bears can find an efficient passing attack, this is the week to do it. There's a good matchup that you can feel. I'm not going to say good about Nick, but like I, I see it on paper, uh, but paper and the playing field are two totally different mm -hmm. things. And the Bears here just need to simply find ways to move the ball down the field through the air. You know, five yards here, eight yards there, a 10-yard play. Quick, easy passes. Cater to Justin. Keep it simple, stupid. The KISS method that we've been talking about for years here in Chicago. Because Minnesota's run defense, I mentioned, it's, it's not great, but they're good enough. Like the Giants' run defense wasn't good. But they knew the Bears were going to try to run the ball more times than not. And what happened? The Bears got a little one-dimensional, and that run got stopped, especially in the red zone. So that's where I'm at, an efficient passing attack. I don't know if it will happen, but I, I can see the path for mild success, which in Chicago right now is massive success. <laughs> no, it definitely is. Well, Will, we start off the show saying this is a winnable game, and you look at the Vikings' defense, and that presents that opportunity. If the Bears, again can do things right offensively, have just an efficient offense. And we haven't seen that. So if they can somehow get things together with their offensive line, Justin Fields taking the layups when when they're there, then you can, like you say, 
like you said earlier, like it's winnable, but man, we just need to see it. Exactly. And if they can get move the ball down the field and get into the red zone again, they were able to get there last week. But you mentioned the execution wasn't there, but that needs to be cleaned up here in week five against the Vikings. And it was just got awful last week, you know, failed to score a touchdown on a single red zone trip. But if people were actually like watching our show and listening last week, Nick, like I mentioned this, I warned everyone that this Giants defense in the red zone was their strength. And I didn't expect it to be that lopsided, but uh, they did have the advantage over the Bears and the Bears could not overcome it. Only one pass completed in the red zone for minus three yards. I tracked all the plays earlier this week. Seven of nine plays that they ran inside the 20 went for two yards or less. Just you can't do anything when you're barely moving the ball once you get inside the 20. The Bears up to last week, though, were cruising in the NFL in terms of the red zone efficiency, six best over 71%. And this week, the Vikings have the fifth worst red zone defense in the league, allowing touchdowns on about 73% of those trips. That's very similar to what the Bears were doing prior to last week. So every other defense that the Bears have played, like those passing defenses, they're actually top 10 in red zone defense. And that's with the Bears going down there and scoring in the red zone. So this is a very good matchup. If the Bears can get inside of the 20, Luke Getze, Khalil Herbert, Justin Fields, perhaps they can find a way to punch it in and score points because field goals, Nick, we've talked about it for years. It's not going to win you football games a week ago against the Giants. Prime example of that. If you want to beat the Vikings, you're going to have to score some points. And that all comes down to that third key of red zone execution. No, exactly. I mean, this is a team that does know how to score. They've scored 28 points the last two games, the Vikings, and 28 for the Bears offense, Will. Like, that seems out of the out of the question at this point right now. But Justin Fields did say that this last game against the Giants was the first time that they said they couldn't, they didn't execute what they wanted to in the red zone. They felt like the previous three games, they were able to do what they wanted to do. And like you just said, the stats back that up. So if they can figure it out, again, a week to prepare for a divisional opponent and, you know, just execute is what Justin Fields said. That's what Matt Eberflus said. Once you get there and execute, then maybe we have more of a ball game. But like you said, the stats show that this could be the opportunity for the Bears to actually maybe have some success on offense. Yeah, and I, I see here this comment that we need a jump ball guy to bail out Fields. Nikhil Harry's designated to return. I don't know if it's this week, but soon, soon we soon, should have that yeah. guy. Man, like, well, he is a huge dude. It's just like he was standing next to Amir Smith Marset, and, and it's it's like crazy the difference. Their lockers are pretty close to each other. I'm like, I, I turned to Herb Howard from the Bigs. I'm like, that guy's a wide receiver. He's like, yeah, it's not fair. It's a linebacker that can run downfield, but. Yes, that's what, you know, Justin Fields was talking about yesterday. Matt Eberflus, a jump ball guy that you can use in the red zone, 50-50 ball. Doubt it's going to be this week, but Eberflus said he does like what he sees in him physically right now. But I think it's just going to take time for him to get used to the offense, even though he's had like mental reps, but it's still going to take some time. Heck, I would like to see these tight ends get involved inside the 22. That's been still missing, and that could be an extra wrinkle just to help them do a little bit more of what they want to do inside the 20. Let's switch over to defense now, though, Nick, and let's get to our defensive keys. Uh, what's your first one? Yeah, right now I think the big thing for the Bears, and they didn't really do this um, against the Giants, but they got to attack the right tackle, Brian O'Neill. Uh, when I was watching that game against the Saints, it was Davenport. Their, their edge defender was just get, making – it looked easy against Brian O'Neill. There was a time where he had a, a bad like holding call and then he gives up a sack and, and it led to a strip sack fumble. So the Bears know that they have to win their matchups. They're, that's how you win games. You have certain matchups throughout a game, attack it, exploit it, see if you can win that consistently. I just look at their right tackle right now and Darisaw, their former or the first round draft pick from last year, is playing pretty good football right now. But that's the one. And Travis Gibson, I put as my MVP last week, didn't really win his matchup against their their rookie. So we need to see whoever's on that right edge, or it would be, yeah, the right edge, win. And we haven't seen it from Travis Gibson, Alkani Muhammad, Dominic Robinson last week at least. So you need to exploit those matchups. And Brian O'Neill, I think, a good one for the Bears to look at. 
Yeah, we highlighted that right tackle matchup as a huge lopsided one for the Bears a week ago, and they just could not win it. And it was real frustrating to watch because they should have. They were more talented. Mm -hmm. They just were outmatched, outmanned up front, and you can't have that along the edges. And the Giants did a good job in general of just attacking the edges of this Bears defense. And you know the Vikings saw that, and they're going to try to you know imitate that as well. Uh, so those right, those ends need to be playing at a high level, and like you said, a real favorable matchup. All right, so my first key on defense, it's uh, very similar to actually a key that I had going into the Texans game. Uh, but this one is capitalize on a Kirk Cousins mistake. You know, Nick, we've been doing this show forever, and I feel like every single year, this is a talking point that comes up. It's evergreen, but it doesn't make it any less true. Cousins is going to give you chances. A few weeks back, uh, I, again, I said this about Davis Mills who didn't have any interceptions at the time, but I saw them like defenses just weren't able to capitalize, but the bears did hell. It won them the game. Roquan Smith mm -hmm. with the interception. So it has to be a key here yet again. Cousins has four interceptions this season already, three of which came in a loss to the Eagles. Kind of shows you what happens. If you can kind of get some of those takeaways, pressure helps. Uh, two of those picks came under pressure. His completion percentage dropped in half when he has pressure in his face. And that's not a surprise. We've seen him from years. We know pressure is kind of like his kryptonite uh, a little bit out there in the pocket. So get some pressure, force an early throw, and just make a play on the ball. It's not rocket science. Like the Bears need to steal some possessions if this offense can put up points like the Vikings can. They just need to find a way to get them off the field, steal possession, and maybe score some points of their own and keep it close and keep it a game. In order to do that, I think takeaways are going to be a big key. Yeah, no, definitely are. Well, and you talked about Cousins making mistakes, and we've all seen that since he's been with the Vikings. Go to that London game against the Saints where there was a play, the one, the interception that he threw, Justin Jefferson gets doubled. And I don't think Cousins was expecting that whatsoever because he looks and then hesitates to throw and tries to hit his next target. And then is picked off by the Honey Badger. And that's the thing with, with Kirk Cousins. Take away that first read. And yes, they have Adam Thielen and a bunch of weapons, but he was, he was keying in on Justin Jefferson being open, throws the ball, gets picked off. So the Bears can replicate that kind of scenario. Take away Jefferson, which is not going to be easy you can force that quarterback into some mistakes. Joey, uh, excuse me, but I'm going to go slightly out of order here because Nick just gave me a perfect segue into my second key, uh, which is the Bears need to have a plan for Justin Jefferson. He has gone for 100-plus in three or four games he's played in uh, against the Bears. Cool. In those games, he averages around 16 yards per catch. It's It's been uh, you know a rough watch, to say the least. Now, this year, you know the Vikings are playing him uh, unfortunately, Nick, they're playing him a lot in the slot so far. Uh, he has caught 11 of his 12 targets uh, from the slot for 149 yards and a touchdown of any wide receiver with at least 10 targets or more in the slot that he has his sixth best reception percentage. So he's been very consistent, uh, reliable and impactful when he lines up in the slot. It's just a big way of play. Waiting to happen for the Bears, Nick. We all know Kyler Gordon. He's been struggling covering that slot. I, I don't want to even dive into the numbers here. I, I looked into him this morning and I said, I it just made my stomach hurt and I didn't want to do that. But we've seen it. Like our eyes can tell us how bad he's been so far in that nickel corner spot. He's been an Achilles heel for this defense. And unfortunately, again, this will be his toughest test to date. He's already struggled against a lot lesser talented receivers and this is going to be a big one so i'm just you know kind of want to warn everyone like brace yourselves for this sunday so when i look at defensive coordinator alan williams he just needs to be like concocting like some sort of plan here because one-on-one -on -one, nick that's not going to cut it here this week heck we it hasn't cut it at all yet this season you can't put kyler gordon on an island in the slot against Justin Jefferson. There's just too much real estate when he's lined up towards the middle of the field to have to defend. You don't have the boundary to be like an extra defender out there. If you're like an outside corner, uh, you're going to need some help over the top, whether that's Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, you know, double teaming may be a very wise decision here because uh, again, Justin Jefferson's just been dynamite in a slop and Keller Gordon's going to need a lot of help. He is, and Matty Rufus talked about the struggle of having to defend a number one like like Jefferson, but also you have the running backs, and he called both you know Dalvin Cook and Madison good running backs, and yes, they clearly are. So it's it's like a pick your pick your poison, 
and you have to be strategic when you do these things. So they're in a bind, Will. Like, this is a tough matchup for a team that cannot contain the run, and we might as well go to my second key here. It's like contain the edge, and that's going to be huge in this one. You see the success that um, all these teams, Will, are having against the Bears when they are just running the football. They have faced the most rushing attempts in the NFL at 143 through the first four games, and it's because, well, the defense can't stop the run, giving up 733 yards. Daniel Jones looks like a like an athlete out there going in off the edge on bootlegs and things of that nature. Justin Jefferson took a jet sweep for a touchdown uh, against the Saints last week. Like Those are things that I worry about because the Bears have not shown me anything in terms of being able to just play their assignments correctly, contain the edge, force stuff back inside, and... When you have running backs that are capable of getting to the edge, when you have wide receivers that are running these motions, these jet sweeps, like that's going to be a problem, Will. So there's that two-headed monster in the backfield. And, oh, Justin Jefferson, like you said, likes to play from the slot. So it's a tough, tough ask for the Bears defense. But second key, somehow, some way, figure out how to contain the edge. It's uh, interesting. You don't you don't realize what you have until it's gone. And I think the Bears being able to contain outside runs over the last few years, whether it be Cleo Mack or Robert Quinn in that old 3-4 system, and funneling everything inside was something that you know, I definitely took for granted. And now that it's gone, I just really desperately wish it was back because it make everyone's job on defense uh, a lot easier. And when you are just able to just get exploited and exposed as consistently as they are, it just makes – the offense's job so much more easier. They're like, oh, we can just put it in space and you're not even going to really defend it. Awesome. Let our playmakers uh, do some work. And I saw your graphic and I'm so confused. There's three keys on it for defense? Yes, I usually do two for the offense, Will. And then three, I think I did three last week for defense. Oh, okay. No, maybe, maybe not. It's I, been a I long week. It has been a long week. Um, But yeah, I, I guess my third key kind of goes with the second one. It's eye discipline. The Bears had none of it against the Giants. And I was, you know, I talked to Nicholas Morrow, Dominique Robinson after that loss to the Giants in the locker room, asked them about eye discipline. And that's where it all starts. If you want to contain the edge, it starts there. And if you're, you know, not looking in the right place, you're late on a, a play, whatever it may be, you're losing that play. So I don't know how you get that corrected. Matty Reflu said it's just execution, it's just getting reps. Well, we need. Again, we need to see it. Like he said, it's a simple fix. It sounded like a simple fix to Matt Eberflus. I don't know if it's that simple, Will, because it it didn't. They did make some adjustments in the second half. I would say they did a better job, but still, you need to just have your eyes in the right place. Trust what you're doing. Play with instincts. If not, like I said, all the things we were just talking about in the second key, what you were just talking about, they're going to exploit those things uh, on your defense. There you go. It's all it's all in the eyes. I, I like it. It's a very fine detail, but it's one worth noting. And I'm glad that was one of your keys here this week. My final key for the day and on defense, limit the bending and also don't break because, you know, the Bears have done a lot of bending and breaking, uh, as we saw last week. But this Vikings offense are just average uh, across the board, uh, especially uh, yards gain 17th in yards per game and they're also 17th in yards per play they're not putting up earth shattering numbers you know obviously we mentioned they have some of those favorable matchups but the bears they just need to stand their ground the vikings are almost as bad on third down as the texans were for comparison's sake and the bears did really good at getting off the field that week and that needs to happen yet again uh, against the vikings there's no reason why the vikings should just walk up and down the field with relative ease they need to be able to provide some resistance and of course when the bending happened and it's going to happen, just don't break. They did that good against the Texans, which helped them win the game. But last week, the Bears' defense, they broke against the Giants, cost them the game. Mm -hmm. Chicago's offense, as we know, they're not proven to be an offense that can actually put up and score points. So in order to come out of this week with a dub, you have to force the Vikings to be the team that ends up settling for field goals when they're in scoring position. If every time they get you know, through your 30 or so, and you're allowing them just to get a score into the end zone, boy, they're going to put up points in a hurry. And then the bears are going to be playing from behind. And this is not a team that has an offense with enough octane, enough power to, to make a comeback right now. So limit the bending and just don't break. It'd be great. Will if they can do that. And they don't have the offensive line to allow Justin Fields to pass their way into a game too. So that's that they need to avoid that 
at all costs if you want to be in this game. All right, let's get into uh, our weekly bold predictions here brought to you by Green Ridge Farm. And I'll begin with my bold prediction of the week. And Nick, I just said this offense doesn't have any octane, any power, and they won't score a lot of points. But that's why this that's what makes this prediction bold. I have two touchdowns thrown from Justin Fields and a rushing touchdown from number one, giving him a three touchdown game. I think that's up there in terms of like how bold I've gotten this year. Yeah, for sure. And you know, given how everything's playing right now with the offense, it is bold. No doubt about it. And I'm I'm also going with the offense. I think, did we both go bold predictions for defense last week? I, mm-hmm. I want to say we did. They were both the safeties, Jaquan and yes. Eddie, if I'm not mistaken. So now we're both going offense here, thinking that they're going to light this uh, Vikings defense up, and they could. Uh, Darnell Mooney goes off. And I know people are probably rolling their eyes at me. What? No, it's not going to happen. Well, he gets his first 100-yard receiving game of the season against the Vikings. We kind of talked about... Again, how that is, it, it could be a possibility. There is a path to success doing that. He had four receptions, the 94 yards against the Giants. There was wind in that game. There was no freaking blocking. Still got the four receptions for 94 yards. Last time he did play Minnesota, in Minnesota, he had the 12 receptions for 126 yards. So he's had success against Minnesota. I know it's a completely new uh, scheme, new defense, and just uh, new personnel. But... It was the final week of the season. I think that maybe can carry over, but the Bears need it. So bold prediction gets his first 100-yard receiving game of the season. Yeah, I think we're uh, definitely living in the bold category here today, and I like it. And when you just look at this matchup all the way around, like I think they're not unrealistic, but it's definitely going to be tough sledding to reach these bold predictions, which, again, makes them bold predictions. Definitely throw yours in the chat if you have any. We'd love to kind of read some of those. But, Nick, I, I have a message from Chi-Town Cornhole. But before I get to that, do you want to let people know a little bit more about Green Ridge Farm? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Green Ridge Farm, one, is a Chicago local meat and cheese company that offers a better all-natural option. And a they're makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks, which are amazing. They're perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. And they also gives you 16 grams of protein per stick, which is a perfect post-workout snack. And right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free. Just simply use the code CHGO at checkout. Meat sticks. The comment from Drew TV. You got to pump up the meat sticks here on this Thursday episode each and every time. All right, let's get to Chi-Town Cornhole. Chi-Town Custom Cornhole is the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Their signature box style design, it can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Those cornhole boards come with built-in and drink holders recessed in on the back LEDs that light up the hole so they can play at night and exterior handles for easy carrying and craft handcrafted scorekeepers. They're veteran owned and operated. They can ship anywhere. They also offer local pickups and they specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts, and really just gifts for all occasions. And especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues, you know, we've been talking up the boards that we've had made here at CCO for a while. And I know they were a big hit at our first Bears tailgate. And I think they're going to be a hit yet again at the next tailgate, which is happening on November 6th, by the way. Uh, I know the links are in their description if you want to meet us or hang out with us and just join uh, us as we kind of, you know, get prepared for that Bears home game. So definitely check out Chi-Town Cornhole and uh, get yourself some slick boards for this tailgating season. Let's do it. All right, this is the CHGO Bears podcast. Will DeWitt here, Nicholas Moriano. We're giving you our weekly in-depth game preview episode, and it's time to decide and determine and really discuss our weekly X-Factors here. And Nick, I'll kind of you know kick off to you. What's your X-Factor for this Bears-Vikings matchup? Uh, the X-Factor. Oh, that is a dope-ass graphic. Love it, Joey. You are the GOAT. Love it. Uh, well, okay, we talked about it so much already but it's the o-line holding up and if they're capable of doing that it doesn't have to be throughout the entirety of the game that's unrealistic to to really say from the spares offensive line but if they do even half the better job that they did in the giants game especially in the interior you're allowing justin fields who did have a better game against the giants he did in terms of throwing the football 
to then feel comfortable in the pocket. So I think that's going to be huge in this one. And just for, you know, extra bonus here, I think special teams is also going to be an X factor in this one, Will. The Vikings are currently ranked first in expected points added in special teams. Just look last what happened last week uh, against the Saints in London. You have a field goal block by Patrick Peterson. You have the strip on a punt return from Chris Boyd. And then what Greg Joseph made, I think five field goals in that game. So look at their special teams making an impact in this one. So that don't, obviously you want to have, you have Cairo Santos back, but don't let that be the reason why you lose this game. Even though the Vikings have been playing really well in that third phase of the game right now. I like it. Giving the third phase some attention here in the episode. It's a big part of the game. Heck, I don't know. Maybe it can lose you games. Yeah. Yeah, we, we saw that uh, last <laughs> week. Hopefully, Valus uh, gets that out of his system. But, yeah, we definitely see what, what can happen when it goes wrong. So I had the game in my ear watching my kid play football last week, and which is actually kind of cool because, I don't know, I, I can listen to Jeff and Tom in my ear and just kind of like look at the field and I can kind of picture where the Bears are if they say they're at the 40 and just kind of, you know, give myself like an individual – and I was listening to that punt. I'm like, all right, the defense got their stop. Let's go. Let's see what this offense can do. And then like the punt's up and I'm watching. And then just I hear it slips through Bayless's hands. We all know how big I've been on Jones. And whoo, man, like that that one hurt. But it's a learning experience for a rookie. And mm-hmm. hopefully he just, you know, learns to not drop those and has a little yeah. bit more focus. And I know those aren't a rain and it's just bad all the way around, but Damn, the third phase can it can make or break games for sure. My X factor this week though is not about the third phase. It's about something that's been preached all season long, and that's just the mental and physical stamina uh, of this team. And the reason why I think that this is an X factor this week is when you look at the Vikings over their last two victories over the last two weeks, both games have been settled by less than a touchdown, and they actually won the game due to fourth quarter comebacks and game winning. Drives both the Saints and the Lions had their opportunities to seal the deal, but they failed to close the door. This Bears defense, they still have not given up a second half touchdown this year. Chicago's offense and special teams, ha, I did have a note in here for it. Couldn't do what was needed in order to beat the Giants last week. The opportunities were there, as we mentioned, but they just didn't execute. So this game, it could end up being another close one late in the game, and really to order to like end up on top. The Bears are just need to outwork and outplay the Vikings down the stretch. Uh, I really think like this could be another game that's up for grabs in the fourth quarter. And if the bears prove that they have the stamina, that's better than their opponent. Like we've heard about from these coaches and they have a chance to win this game. But if they get outworked in that fourth quarter, obviously they're going to be on the wrong side of things here. Uh, So that's why the stamina of both the physical and mental assortment is going to be my X factor here for week five. I like it. Will. I like it. Um, Look, they've been preaching and the bears have, I think been, you know, pretty good at that so far, but, that needs to be something where don't allow the Vikings to beat you at your own game because they've been taught that the entire summer since Iberflus got here. But mental, physical stamina, let's see if they can uh, show some on Sunday. Now, I see a, a comment from Doug about his X Factor. And if you have some in the chat, please throw them in here. And if you're watching the replay, throw the comments. I love checking those throughout the week. He says that Roquan's the real X Factor. And there's a lot to this because of Dalvin mm-hmm. cook. And you talked about the bears needing to stop that. And Smith needs to be able to flow to the edge and also be part of that run support too. And that, which also just reminded me, we didn't even mention Dalvin cook once. Is that because like the bears more times than not has had his number? Is he just not like as impactful as he once was? I'm just curious to why you think we both really didn't have any, you know, notes or keys around him. Well, we kind of talked about containing the edge and the big factor why because of those running backs. But I think, you know, with Dalvin Cook, and yes, the Bears have had some success in stopping him, but this is this is different. This is a completely new defense that hadn't stopped anybody. And his X factor, the X factor with Roquan there, that's going to be a big part of it. And it's not even just even the, the rushing attack from Dalvin Cook. Like, there's a lot of plays from Adam Thielen where he's just open in the middle of the field because of play action moving the linebackers. So mm. Roquan being an X factor in, you know, every area of the defense is going to be huge for for the Bears. But, yeah, Dalvin Cook's a problem. I think everyone knows that. Everyone who's watching, all the Bears fans know that. And, yes, like we said, he's had some success, but I don't even know if we need to talk it up that much because we all know. 
We all know about Justin Jefferson, but I also had to go there. But I thought the slide information uh, was valuable to know heading in uh, to this matchup. So we've given some keys. We've given some bold predictions. We've shared our X factor. But let's let's put it all on the table. Let's do the tail of the tape, and let's find out who has the edge. And this week, Nick, you're starting us off with the Bears passing attack and that Vikings pass defense. Yeah, well um... – I'm still worried about this Bears offensive line. I really am. And that really factors how I think this Bears passing attack will do. And we talked about it. There are opportunities, but I'm still going to give this to the Vikings in the end here. I don't think you just fix your problems one week after putting Lucas Patrick at left guard, still have Sam Musfer at center and continue to see Tevin Jenkins. But we just talked about Dalvin Tomlinson. Like I think he can be a problem. Um, Just seeing how he was winning at the line of scrimmage, just have coming off his best pass rushing game. And then you mentioned, oh, Zadarius Thomas and Daniil Hunter on the edge too. That factors into what the you know the Bears are going to be incapable of doing. So I'm giving the Vikings this this edge here for the Bears passing attack versus Vikings pass defense. I love this comment from J2K. Unfortunately, I like this comment, but Daniel Jones exposed our quote edge and i warned people last week that he's been you know he's sneaky athletic and can make those i did not expect him to get a 21 yard touchdown run i that's Jogging. just yeah, yeah it's, no. just, it's just ridiculous uh, to say the least but whew, i'll digress all right bears rushing attack versus vikings run defense is mine and i already seen a few people in the comments saying that the vikings have a clean sweep and well they're wrong because i'm giving the bears the edge here with the rushing attack and the Vikings are just average again, stopping the run and the bears up until last week have been a top rushing team in the NFL. Of course they run it more than most. Uh, they pass it way less. Uh, I think it's like 7% less than like the next lowest team so far in the NFL, but this Vikings defense, they averaged 4.6 yards per pop allowed and 131 yards on a ground surrender per game. And as long as that bears offensive line, holds up a bit. And I know that's a concern with some of the fluctuation that we've seen and rotation going away that we've talked about. And of course, in order for this key to actually work and for this edge to kind of come to fruition, this bears passing attack needs to be serviceable. The bears should be able to run the ball. They really should uh, with Cleo Herbert. And then this is why this would actually gave him the edge to me. It's Justin Fields and his ability to run the ball too. When you look at this season, the Vikings have only faced one like mobile quarterback so far this season. And that was Jalen Hurts against the Eagles. And he did some really good serious damage against his Vikings defense. He had 57 yards on the ground and two rushing touchdowns Hurts did. So I think the combination of Herbert and what Fields can do, as long as Fields is running, uh, you know, efficiently and not giving up some big opportunities because he doesn't see them and he just bails too early. Like I want these to be strategic runs that just, you know, break this defense right here. So for me, I'm going to give the Bears the edge. Um, it's not as much as I wish I can give them the edge in this rushing attack because it's been good up until a week ago. Uh, but still, at least they have one edge. We'll see if they get another, but uh, I don't have a lot of hope. Uh, I'll give it over back to you to let me know, though. Uh, Vikings rushing attack, and we kind of just talked about it a bit with Dalvin Cook uh, and this Bears run defense. The whole, you know, having history and being successful against Dalvin Cook, that's great. But no, not this season, Will. The Bears, again, we talked about containing the edge, haven't done that. They're facing the most rushing attempts, giving up the most rushing yards this season. I don't think it gets fixed this week. And I think the Vikings know what the weakness is for this Bears defense. Matt Eberflus talked about that, too. He's like, when a team knows your weakness, what's so great about the NFL is that you have to adjust or they're going to keep exploiting that weakness. Opponents know they can run on the Bears. Until the Bears do something about it, they're going to continue to run on them. So I'm giving the edge here to the Vikings. Unless something drastically changes, they just get locked in and somehow we can stop the run and it just happens. I can't give it to the Bears. And not against, you know, two capable running backs, people that can get on the edge. And I, I think just it's just not a good matchup for the Bears this week. So Vikings get the edge here. And the, I think the worst part, Nick, is like this Bears rushing defense issues. It's so multifaceted. It's being out of position. It's mm-hmm. not getting to your spots in time. It's being outworked, outmuscled uh, to along those edges and tackles being broke, a little bit of loafing too. It's, it's, there's so many things that are wrong with it. It's not like there's one area you can pinpoint and go, if they clean this up, that run defense just gets 10 times better. Like there's multiple things that need to be improved upon. And that's why it's 
I, I feel like most weeks than not, we're going to give the opponent the edge in this one. And well, too, it could just be lack of talent, too. Like, all those mm. things definitely are a part of it. But, man, do the Bears just not have the playmakers right now to be really good at this facet of the game? And that, that could be the scheme, talent, and everything you just mentioned are all part of the equation here. Yep, and J2K makes a great point about the gap yes. integrity uh, just being a big problem. You're right. Like, they just kind of get in, you know, another comment from them, the same gap which opens up the sea uh, for those cutback lanes and just the other holes just get so wide that it's just apparently obvious for a running back. Like, Oh, I should hit that. Like NFL running backs more times than not, they see an open hole. They're going to, they're going to actually go for it. And it's not like college where they open and they miss like more times than not, mm-hmm. if there's a big hole, they're going to hit it. All right. Last one here, Nick Vikings pass the de- uh, pass attack versus his bears pass defense, which is mine. And this one goes to the Vikings, too. So it wasn't a clean sweep, but the Vikings have three of four here this week. Uh, you know, Jalen Johnson, Nick, do you expect him to play or nah? Um, He was at his locker yesterday. Um, Wasn't really talking. You can't talk to the media, can't talk to anybody who doesn't practice. I don't expect him to play. I know Jalen Jones, too, had an illness and he didn't practice. God forbid, like you're missing two more corners in the yeah. secondary. But to answer your question, I don't. I didn't think so, but I wanted you to at least give me a chance. Like if you thought he could, like I could, I don't know if it would have swayed my edge, but it would have at least changed my reasoning uh, a little bit. So no Jalen Johnson, Jalen Jones illness is so vague. I just hope he's healthy uh, by mm-hmm. Sunday. So I'm going to just say I'm optimistic, but I can't guarantee he plays on Sunday. And man, we went hard on it, but about Kyler Gordon in the slot against Justin Jefferson. And don't forget, they also throw in KJ Osborne and Adam Thielen there too. Like that's a really good trio that they're going to just rotate in that slot position. And you know, the Vikings are going to test Gordon early and often. And all three of these receivers, they all bring something different to the table. And it's going to be hard for Gordon to kind of lock in uh, on one specific player and kind of like figure out some of their nuances and those moves and those releases. Uh, he's going to be on his heels, almost on his toes, but unfortunately probably on his heels uh, most of this game. And really when you look at just pass protection too, like cousins uh, he's being protected at a decent rate. I know last week they were giving up some pressures, but on this season, only giving the pressures on like one third of dropbacks. So 66% of the time when he drops back to pass, like he has a clean pocket to work with so far this year. And as we saw from the Bears defensive line, they're not consistent at getting pressure themselves. So for all those reasons, the Vikings have the edge here too. All right, let's uh, pause for just a moment. We're going to do some over-unders, MVB. Uh, our game picks, our confidence meters, and we're going to answer your questions. I see nine questions already started. I'm hoping to see uh, that reach double digits before we get to that final portion of our show. Love answering your Bears questions each and every week. Uh, before we get to that final home stretch, we have a couple messages to share with you. And Nick, I want to go over to you first, Foco. Yeah, Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite sports team. So get fitted out in the best sports gear around. FOCO has got you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar. Bulls just had their first preseason game yesterday, so they're getting all the sports back. Love it. Um, With the apparel from the leader in sports merchandise and collectibles, FOCO. Looking for the best, or for the perfect gift, not even the best, the perfect gift for the football fan in your life. FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out foco.com. Click the link below in the description. And for all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. And I want to let you know about Game Game Time, our official ticketing provider partner. And Game Time Tickets, they're just the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets, sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside? Being behind home plate, floor seats at a concert, it's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats that you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on the Bears. Heck, basketball starting up on the Bulls, too. Uh, you know, obviously, then you can't on the Game Time app. 
created by the fans for the fans, which is something that really resonates with me. Obviously, that's kind of how we got here, Nick. And at the game time, they just guarantee the lowest price. So if you love CHGO, then you're going to love game time. The best way to support us is buying your tickets through the link in our description, both here on YouTube and in your podcast player. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats on all your favorite events. All right. Take a deep breath, Nick, because we have one more stretch to get through. But let's play some over-unders. And there weren't a lot of lines available here this morning, but I got some uh, for us to kind of play with. And I got Justin Fields to kick us off at 161 and a half yards passing. Gosh, I hate that we can't even get these close to two. But yet again, like we're barely getting there. Uh, 161. Well, like I said, over last week, and he went over. So I'll... I'll continue that trend over 161. I'll give it to Justin Fields uh, being over that very low mark. <laughs> I'm going to give him the over two again. This Vikings pass defense is very, very uh, porous and beatable. And I gave all the stats to why earlier. So I know they're beatable. Uh, hopefully the bears don't beat themselves here, but I think Justin can go over. So I'll, I'll double down on that. What about Kirk cousins at 248 and a half? I'm going to go under that mark. And just because I think the Vikings know they can run the ball. And so it's not, it's going to be more game manager, Kirk cousins. I, I expect on Sunday. So allow the running backs and everybody else to do the work and just Kirk cousins manage things. If he can do that. Okay. I'm right there with you. What about cousins at zero and a half interceptions? Oh, I think Eddie, I think Eddie gets them <laughs> from one of them. Will so I'm going to go over the, uh, the uh, zero and a half, whatever it is. So I'll give him one. You remember the Vikings bears game 2018 with the whole, uh, interception. And then he did like the little rowboat thing. Uh, I, Oh yeah. I, yep. As soon as he said Eddie in this matchup, like that's exactly where my mind went. That, uh, that was for fun, fun, fun times to be had. Good times. Yeah, Good absolutely. Times. We'll, we'll get there again. It's gotta be patient. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to, I already know where this one's going to go, but I'm going to say it anyway. Dalvin Cook at 78 and a half. I thought that was a very low line. We're going over. Go over. Not like, so maybe Alexander Madison gets you know some snaps, takes it away from Cook, but I'm still taking the over on that. Justin Fields at 39 and a half on the ground? Ooh, this one has uh, you thinking. Yeah, 39 and a half. We'll take the under, and I'm just saying that because I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying over. Uh, I expect, you know, the Vikings, uh, the Bears to see something from that Eagles tape. And hopefully they want to replicate some of that. Hurts was just being able to run up and down. And like I said, two touchdowns on the ground too. I'll give them the over here this week. And the last one for today is Darnell Mooney. I know your bold prediction was a bold prediction, but let's get back to reality. Uh, but the line's only at 42 and a half receiving. He go over that. I mean that. I mean he did that in one play against the Giants. So I'll I'll give him the over on the forty two and a half. All right, I'm gonna say under because I want him to actually go over. And I felt like we're over, over, over in all these. And someone needs to not put it all one way, so the world gives us the opposite. So just to kind of even things out, uh, I'm gonna give the under here. All right, Nick, MVB predictions. Who's going to be the most valuable bear for us at the end of this game? I'm curious to who you have and which side of the ball did you go to? I went on the defense and whoever said the X factor was Roquan. I have him as my MVB in this game. I think for everything we talked about earlier, that's the reason why, you know, Roquan will be the most valuable bear in the end. He's got a huge responsibility in trying to contain these running backs, making sure the middle of the defense isn't vacant off those play actions and he's in a, a spot to maybe make a play in the ball. That's where a lot of Adam Thielen's catches are, were made last week against the Saints. So big responsibility for Roquan, obviously the leader of that defense, but when it's all said and done, I think he's going to be the most valuable bear. All right. My MVB is also on defense. So just like we both went offense for our bold predictions, we both went defense for our MVBs. Uh, but you mentioned it actually in the over-under. I'm going to go with Eddie Jackson. I, I think he makes a splash play here that can tilt the momentum of this game. Unfortunately, the Bears lost their first game in which he has an interception uh, against New York, which what a streak for him to have. And, you know, the Bears could have won that game and kept the streak alive. But uh, unfortunately, it's no more. Eddie Jackson's been playing at such a high level, uh, which makes me just very happy. Uh, just 
watching him in training camp and hearing from him, like I felt like it was coming and I'm just very excited to see that coming to fruition so far in the early mm-hmm. portion uh, of this season. But Eddie Jackson, honestly, it just takes one big play uh, and that can just be valuable in its own right. But he'll be up there uh, in terms of tackles, getting down, helping out and run support. Uh, obviously, I mentioned he needs to be probably handcuffed with Kyler Gordon a bit to help some of these matchups mm-hmm. in the slot, Justin Jefferson. So Eddie Jackson, I think he's going to have a lot in his plate this week and he's going to do a pretty damn good job yet again. So he'll be my MVP when it's all said and done. At least that's what I'm hoping for. I like it. Well, he's, he's definitely back and that's, that's really nice to see because he was a guy on the way out. It seemed like, but it's, it's nice to see Eddie Jackson playing the way that he is. Drew TV is going with another safety, Jaquan Brisker. I like it. I would hope I'm, I'm a big fan of Brisker too, and excited to keep watching his development. Nick, we've discussed this game in full, and we've talked about how the Bears can win uh, and beat the Vikings. But will they? Who wins this game? The Vikings do. (laughs) The Vikings (laughs) win this game, Will. Um, Again, I just think when you have this dilemma as a defensive you know, minded coach and Eberflus and Al Williams, where you have to defend the run, which you haven't done all season. And then Justin Jefferson, it's tough. It's tough to ask. So I have the Vikings winning 27 to 20. Um, again, it's tough for a lot of teams and they are a three and one football team. I know like I've been reading just some of the beat writers that cover the Vikings. Not, they're not like a true three and one is what I'm kind of getting the, the vibe of, but still they have more talent than the bears. So I will give it, to the Vikings 27 to 20. Okay. So I've given it to the bears every single week so far that changes this week. Uh, Unfortunately, my guts tell me that the Vikings will end up with the victory. I have the Vikings winning by a closer margin and a little bit lowering score, lower scoring game at 23 to 21. Uh, The bears get a few touchdowns, but the Vikings ultimately will win with some of those field goals. I mentioned the bears are going to make them settle for Uh, Vikings. When you look at them this season, they're two and zero against the North. Ibraflus is already 0-1 against first-year head coaches. He's also 0-1 in the division. At least the Bears covered the spread here. I, I I think is like the one, I guess, light positive I can come away with it. But I think at the end of the day, the Bears can keep this thing close, as I've mentioned. Uh, but they're just going to fall a, a little bit short to do some of that lack of talent and just where they are uh, right now as a whole. Uh, the Vikings are the better team, uh, but the Bears can still make it interesting. I like it, Will. You know, hopefully that's the case. Um, Seeing that how they can stack up against some of the better teams in the NFL. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. You can tell usually at this section, I'm like, all right, this is like a million reasons why the Bears can win. And that was the other way. I'm just like, "Uh, oh, damn. Let's move on. (laughs) Right. Pretty much. So speaking of moving on, let's get our confidence meters out of the way. Uh, Obviously, it's going to be under five because we both have the Bears losing. Uh, But scale one to 10, how confident are you in a Bears win this week? I have them at a 4.6. Um, again, we did talk about ways for them to win, but there's just more talent on that side of the ball. That I think in the end, like I said, with my score, the Vikings just come out on top, but 4.6 in the confidence meter. Where are you at, Will? Wow, I'm surprised you're over me. I'm at only a four. I, I wanted to keep it round numbers, and I figured, hey, you know, five's like a you know hit or miss, then just dropping it down to a four, I guess, isn't all too terrible, but... Yeah, we've talked about all the reasons why uh, the Bears could win, but also the big concerns we have and why the Vikings could just take you know, advantage of their matchups and end up on the right side of things. And I just don't think the Bears have enough firepower in offense and their running defense is going to be lackluster yet again. And when he can't score an offense and he can't stop the run, it's really, really hard to win ball games, especially against good teams like the Vikings. So I'm just going to sit at, at a four. Sounds good, Will. All right. Hey, we got double digits here for the questions uh, that we are asking people. So that's uh, very excited that we have a lot of questions uh, that kind of came our way. Uh, Let's start with one from Gary Ross. And he wants to know who covers Jefferson if Jalen's out. So I mentioned when he's in the slot, you're looking at Kyler Gordon. Uh, I feel like, Nick, this one's a pretty easy one. It just depends on what side of the field he's on, right? That and honestly, everybody. (laughs) You need (laughs) need all eyes on Justin Jefferson. it, again, we talked about dilemma, but yeah, it's, it's just not a one. It's not a one person job. And I know maybe if they're man to man coverage, yes, technically it is, but it's not a one person job covering a guy like that. All right, what's next? Justin Jefferson, he's a problem. 
Uh, Kyle wants to know, do you think that putting Schofield at left guard and having Patrick play center will help in pass protection? That's a really good question. I mean, I don't know how it could hurt. Uh, personally, I feel like, <laughs> yeah. My only concern, though, Kyle, would be if the Bears weren't ready to put Patrick at center when he had a full, healthy offensive line with you know white hair on the left side. I don't know what would change so quickly to kind of throw Schofield up. Uh, that's just kind of where I see it. What about you, Nick? Well, I just don't get why he's not ready to play center. If he's Same. making blocks at left guard, right guard, and executing that and not having anything on his right hand, I, I just don't see what what is preventing him from playing the position that he was brought here to play. And he obviously was having that chemistry with Justin early on and you know can help with the protection thing. So I just don't get it. When are we going to see Lucas Patrick play center? And, you know, it can't be worse than what it was last week, so why not try something different? Yeah, and let's be honest, and a few people did mention this in the comments, like Schofield's preseason wasn't great. It no, wasn't no. It wasn't like one where it made you feel really good. I mean, the Bears, what, they cut him and brought him back, if I'm not mistaken, after training camp too. Yeah. So he's a player that, you know, maybe he helps. Maybe he doesn't give you as big as a boost as you would hope, and that's why they're going to kind of remain pat. All right. Who's next? Uh, AGM. Do you think the Bears should blitz more in this game in order to get pressure and stop the run or worry about coverage more? It's uh, definitely a two, you know, like a double-edged sword here in terms mm -hmm. of like, you know, the pros and cons of sending the blitz and sitting back in coverage. Which way would you lean here, Nick? Because I mentioned Cousins struggles when he's under pressure, but he doesn't get pressured a lot. Uh, but also I feel like when you send a blitz and you open up some of those bigger holes, if the Bears don't hit home, you're in trouble. And sometimes blitzing is ineffective against a run too, uh, which could put this defense in, you know, disadvantageous positions. Yeah. I don't know if bringing the blitz is the best option here, just given the pass catchers that the Vikings have. And look, it just goes against, you know, Matt Eberflus's philosophy, Alan Williams, what they do. They just don't blitz. That's just not how they, that's just not how they believe they want to play defense and how they play defense. So ultimately I, I don't think you're going to see it. And I don't think it's the right decision in this game. Uh, I, I can't disagree with that logic. Next. Uh, AGM wants to know another question. Wouldn't running out of the gun make us a lot more predictable? I think it has. I think we've seen that so far this season. I'm still a fan of, Line up under center, smash mouth football. Nick's been pumping up blasting game for weeks now. Uh, but yeah, I have not seen as much success under center. I mean, under shotgun than I have at center. Yeah. And I was actually talking to Kari. Now he's like, I went up to him like, Hey, what's going on? Kahari. He's like, Hey, just want to let you know the H is silent. I'm like, thank you for letting me know that it's Kari <laughs> blasting game. Uh, but yes, I agree with that. Just, you know, don't, don't overcomplicate things. They had some success when they kind of go into that heavy package. See that. All right. Uh, Doug wants to know, when is uh, Smith-Marset going to get some of those offensive opportunities? I would like a revenge game if we can mm -hmm. figure it out now. I mean, what did he do last year, Nick? It was like three catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown against the Bears. Like, if he can just pull one out of the hat and do it against the Vikings, like, hello, that would open up this offense completely, but... At the same time, I know they're trying to get Bayless involved, mm -hmm. hopefully. Uh, I'm going to say they're hoping, but also they didn't really do that at all uh, a week ago. But what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, well, I talked to him yesterday about this. I'm like, hey, uh, Amir Smith-Marset, what's what's it like going against the Vikings? Do you have a little bit more juice in you? He's like, no, it's just another game. I'm like, stop, dude. Sure. Like, stop it. And he's like, it's just, and then he's smiling as he's saying this. Like, you know, it's another team. It's a divisional opponent. Of course I'm going to be ready. I'm like, I know you're just telling me that, but I asked him too, like, what can, what can you do to help your fellow wide receivers? You know, all those DBs He's like, Oh, I've already made it like a cheat sheet of like Ooh. how to kind of go against like some of these DBs. And he knows those guys and he's like, none of them can lock me down. So I'm like, he was really confident. And I'm like, see, why didn't you just tell me that this game means a little bit more. They always got to <laughs> sugarcoat stuff, but uh, yeah, maybe seeing him more in the offense will definitely help. Nick, he's just trying to make sure he doesn't make the bulletin board over there in Minnesota. He doesn't want to be bulletin board material. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But just, just tell it to me straight. 
this, you know, <laughs> off the record, off the record, <laughs> off the record. You're, you're feeling it, right? <laughs> All right. Do we have any others to get to? Uh, Gary with another question. Does Quinn have any trade value left with his disappointing season? Uh, I don't see much. Okay. We're four games in and yes, he hasn't played like last year, but, um, I'm not like out on Quinn yet. I mean, this whole defense hasn't been playing well, but I do, I did expect more out of him, but we'll see. It's only four games. Well, my thing is this isn't as much like being out on him, but like trade value in general. Like if you're another team, like what kind of value could he get back from Quinn and playing like this? Obviously it hurts tremendously compared to like, if it was the off season and he's coming off that big season that that trade value is definitely diminished. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right, let's see. Any others? Do, do, do. Alex, does Eddie get another pick in this game? I hope so. Uh, he should have his opportunities. I use my MVB prediction for a reason. I, I Again, I don't I don't like being the jinx guy, uh, so I'm going to say I hope so. Uh, there's a good opportunity for him to do so. He will have his chances. That, that That's that's how I'm going to frame this question or this answer. There you go. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Well, um, he'll have, he'll have, again, some chances to hopefully get an interception on Kirk Cousins. All right, and I, I have one more I wanted to throw up here. Will Tonga give away this uh, all the secrets to the Vikings? Like interesting timing for him to get signed over to the Vikings after f- spending you know his first season in Chicago and then all of the off season here. But I don't know Are, what kind of secrets could he give them that they're not already seeing on film? Is my question. Uh, he can tell them maybe what hits stands for, and you know, <laughs> so so then the Vikings like, oh, okay, so they like to run to the football and are smart situationally and things like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see what Tonga like. Yes, it is coincidental that you're playing him, but I don't know how much of a competitive advantage that is signing a guy like Tonga. Okay, uh, I think that's it for the questions that we got. Another excellent round. I appreciate everyone who did. Uh, put a question in the chat for us to answer at the end of the show. Again, it's uh, definitely one of my favorite ways to end a show with like a little bit of a mailbag Q&A session uh, without question. Nick, any final thoughts before we kind of sign off? No, just again, thank you to everyone who tunes into this Thursday show. Will and I love doing it. We love the interaction with everybody in the chat and whoever goes and downloads this, whatever you're doing. Um, it, we really appreciate all the support and, yeah, the Bears-Vikings Sunday. Make sure to tune to the post-game show and just stay with us with all the coverage we're going to have throughout the week and after the game and going forward. And We have a quick turnaround. Well, we'll be doing this show, I believe, next – is it Wednesday? Because the game thir- – I don't even know because we have a quick turnaround. Yeah, it's going to be early. <laughs> it's going to be early in the week. We have a – you know, just like it's a challenge for teams in a short game week, it's uh, we're going to fit in a lot of content and not a lot of time, so definitely – Uh, Stay on your toes and uh, just get ready for this episode to drop earlier than normal next week because a big Thursday night game is coming our way. Nick, you said it great. I don't think I can top anything you said. We appreciate everyone. If you haven't yet, hit that like button before you leave. Uh, If you've been here the whole time, like, why not? If you think the Bears are going to win, hit the like. If you think the Vikings are going to win, hit the like. Whatever you do, just hit the like button. Definitely helps us out. And I appreciate seeing that number uh, continue to rise uh, throughout the week, throughout the weekend, and of course here on the live stream. And like Nick said, uh, stay tuned for our post-game show on Sunday. And I'll see you all soon. But until then, bear down, Chicago.